to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Aliza Ora. In today's mini-sode, we'll be doing a mid-season one check-in, and we'll be discussing our New Year's resolutions for our favorite Roswell characters. So let's dive right in. We are exactly halfway through with season one. We've completed our first 11 episodes of recap of the 22-episode season. So let's spend a couple minutes talking about what we've seen from our favorite characters and from the show in general so far. First of all, um, Lisa, as our first time watcher, what do you think so far? Well, obviously, my main thought is that Maria and Isabel have been fighting their attraction for each other all season, Mostly in the background, since we only have one episode where we really get to see them interact. But I think that's the main takeaway from (laughs) this television show. All right. Maria and Isabel, get it on. It started with fear. How did we end up here? When the woman of your dreams is now the woman in your dreams. When an alien meets a homo. So we've seen a lot of teen angst. Oh, so much. And we've seen a lot of sexual tension. A lot of will they or won't they. Some get-togethers and some quick breakups from multiple characters. Yeah, I think it's less will they or won't they, and it's more like are they or aren't they this particular week. Yeah. Because they all do. They just don't stay together. They can't be together. It's too hard. But I love you. But our species can't intermix. But we're so attractive. Pretty much. That's our recap so far. Yep. That's the show. (laughs) Oh, also there are aliens. Did we mention that? Yeah. So I think it might be good for us to talk about uh, like where the characters are at in terms of like in comparison to when we first met them and how they have developed so far. Um, One person that comes to mind for me is Maria. And how at the beginning she was just kind of like freaking out and like kind of her emotions got the best of her and she screamed and she was scared. Um, And now she seems like she's like gotten tougher and is standing up for herself more um, and has gotten better at like communicating her feelings and her needs. Yeah, she's still an emotional human being, but she's like more in control of her emotions and uses them from a point of power rather than just like being like a flippant all over the place like sidekick. Yeah. She's like really come into her own in the last in the last half of the season. Yeah, and I love it. Or the first half of the season, I should say. <laughs> yeah, so in universe, it's been it started at the end of September, right? Mhm. And now Do we know where we are? In theory, it's December when it aired, you know. I think that, I mean, the timeline, I think, is moving along pretty true to form for just, like, the timeline that it aired, you know. So it's probably around Christmas-ish. Okay, four months worth. Yeah. Okay. Um, In terms of Liz's development, I'm not sure there has been much. I think Liz has actually... um, I don't want to say regressed because we don't really know where she started, but it seems like 
this relationship with Max has made her weaker almost in comparison Mm. to the way that we're told she was before. Before she was very rational. She was logical. She was devoted to her schoolwork. She was handling her business. And then this thing with Max happened and all of a sudden she's just like head over heels, can't articulate her feelings. Yeah, not really in touch with her emotions, kind of in denial about how she feels about the whole situation. And like can't hold it together to save Michael, can't keep her emotions in check. She's just like all over the place in a way that, as you all know, has been infuriating for me. So I, yeah, I think she's had like the opposite of character growth. And one thing that I think we really don't take into account a lot of the time, because it happens so quick at the beginning and then the show just progresses off in different directions, is she almost died. She was shot. If my, yeah. if Max had not saved her, she probably would have died. And that really can take a big effect on someone's emotions. And I know we don't really... We don't really talk about that. Like, that can be a life-changing experience for someone. It can cause them to really reassess the way their whole life operates, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. That's a great point. That's a really good point. And so that... That's a good thing to think about, which I don't think I even sometimes I forget about. And we talk about the things that we don't like that we're seeing in her and the way she's written. But if we're taking it just more as canon as the life of these people, she had a truly life altering experience at the beginning, even if it comes and goes really quickly in what we see in the episode that could be affecting her mindset in the canon of the story in a continuing way. Yeah, that's a really good yeah, point. Yeah, that's a huge drama. And I I think we don't think about it because the writers didn't think about it. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and it would have actually been really interesting to see how that affected her, how it affected mm-hmm. like her relationships and just her way of going about the world now that she's had this near-death experience. Hmm. That would have been a lot more interesting than watching her be like, oh, Max is so dreamy. Yeah. And like, you know, all of these things could be a side effect of the, the fact that she feels more need to fall in love like before she dies or she yeah. feels the need to experience these other things. And maybe school doesn't feel so important now, but we don't see we don't see any of that actually happening with the way the story is being told. Like that's things we're, you know, maybe trying to fill in for ourselves to rationalize. Yeah. But yeah, that could have been really cool to see the way that really affected her and not have it just be something that happens so quick at the beginning and then it almost gets forgotten about because so much else happens but that's really a big deal for Liz for sure yeah like she doesn't really process that trauma we don't see her processing that trauma so then we don't and we don't take it into consideration when you know assessing or judging her actions and you know we all know that in in real life, uh, trauma can manifest in many different ways. Yeah. And I think in the show, whenever that incident is mentioned, it's always as Max healed Liz, Max saved Liz, Max did this to Liz. And it's never, Liz almost died, but then she survived. And then her worldview was upended by this revelation from Max. So I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that I am, like, annoyed that we see from Liz's point of view because it's more important from the other character's point of view. Like, all of the alien mythology and history and Michael's near-death experience. But this is something that we actually haven't seen at all, really, from Liz's point of view. And that 
would have been a lot more interesting and more powerful if it had been done well. Yeah. Sorry to take us off on that tangent. No, I think that's a really important point. Also, I think it's important for all of us to remember that they are teenagers. You know, like when yes. we're like, they can't handle their emotions. They're not self-aware, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, they're teenagers, and that's part of being a teenager. I'm 37, and I'm still learning how to handle my emotions, so. <laughs> I think I have a really hard time empathizing with these teen characters and any teen characters because I was never like that as a teenager. Mm. And so I'm like, dude, get your act together. But that's not <laughs> fair. Right. Like they're kids ultimately. Yeah. You know, like when you're a teenager, you feel like you're not a kid. But now that I'm. But you're a kid. Yeah. Now that I'm <laughs> grown up, so, or so to speak, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, they totally are kids. They don't really understand how the, how the world really is. Or themselves. Yeah. All right. We talked about Maria and Liz. Who else do we want to touch on? <laughs> and what we've seen, how we've seen them progress. I feel like the aliens are kind of all over the place. Like they've had mm -hmm. this way that they live, right? Where it's just the three of them. And this pact where they weren't going to tell anyone. And this year, uh, things got all turned around and everything that they know has been changed and they're I think they're all trying to figure out how they feel about that you know like I feel like they all have like emotional outbursts at different times um because they've had everything be one way and now they're all kind of like well I guess maybe it is okay to tell people because like a few people found out and all they've gotten is like support and you know more friends well and i think going back to lorena's point about the trauma for liz like max and michael also watched liz nearly die mm -hmm. it might not have had that big of an impact on michael but i think watching someone almost die is going to have an impact on anyone and on max yeah. it was someone that he really cared about who almost died he had for to, whatever reason right? what a gosh uh but he did put himself out there and risk all of this for her and we yeah. can certainly talk about whether that was a good decision or not but he made the decision and so like yeah that's got to be really traumatic for him as well mm -hmm. also they all almost watched michael die yeah they did right there's been a lot of like near-death experiences for these teenagers that's gotta take a toll on you everyone's had a lot of trauma Isabel didn't see the inciting incident, so just found out about it secondhand, had her entire life upended by something that, like, she found out about after the fact. So even if she had been there, she wouldn't have had a chance to intervene or to, like, Michael tried to stop Max. She wouldn't have had a chance to either say, oh, Max, I think you should do this or I think you shouldn't do this. Not that it probably would have made a difference, but, like, she was just, this was something that just kind of happened to Isabel. And I think she's dealt with it as well as could be expected. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. She just had the consequences thrust upon her and she's dealing with them pretty well. Yeah. Although I do, again, think that she should be a little more assertive and tell who she wants to tell because Max just went around and did whatever he wanted. So she doesn't owe him anything. It's true. She has just as much of a right as he does to tell people. It's her secret, too. It's her life, too. Mm hmm. Uh, I think Kyle has had a little bit of good development. Yeah. He mm -hmm. grew as a person, thanks to Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But I think he started out as being really, like we talked about this in the beginning, I felt really bad for him because Liz was just treating him very badly. And I was worried that he was going to develop into the jerk jock stereotype, which he did for a few episodes. And now it seems like he's pivoting a little bit more towards maybe becoming more of one of the gang. He's developing more empathy and yeah. seems like he's in a better place emotionally where like he knows more what he wants out of life. Yeah. I feel proud of him. And I hope that he apologized to Vicky. Oh, poor Vicky. She's the real victim here. Or sweet Vicky, who only shows up for one episode and then is just forgotten about, tossed aside. Ugh. Uh, probably left in that truck in the parking lot of the soap factory. She's probably still there waiting for him. <laughs> oh, Vicky. We're here for you, Vic. Can we have a little Vicky jingle, but it's just like sad music playing because we can't think of anything to say about Vicky because we know literally nothing about her because she's never developed yeah. as a character. Honestly, yes. Okay. That can happen. <laughs> That's like easy. Must have been a man who wrote your part. I hope Kyle didn't break your heart. Vicky Delaney, we won't forget you. And I think Sheriff Valenti hasn't exactly had growth. He is more on this journey of trying to figure out this mystery. And so it'll be interesting to see where that goes, because right now he's still sort of just like the kind of bad guy. Yeah. But he's not that convincing as a bad guy. No, I feel like um, he did have some development, but it wasn't like recently. I feel like in the first few episodes, um, you know, we see him as this like powerful bad guy. He's the sheriff. He like, you know, is in charge of things until we find out that like, no, because of who his father is, like people aren't taking him seriously or who his father was rather. Um, And it kind of made him a little more sympathetic to us. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It's like, he's the bad guy, but like, is he really? Like, he's Kyle's dad. Kyle doesn't seem like a horrible person. Yeah, I don't believe that he has that he has any sort of malicious intent. I think he's not really thinking about how, if he actually accomplishes his goal and he finds aliens, like, where this quest will take him and the effect it will have yeah. on other people. So I wonder mm-hmm. if he knew... Like, less as a general concept, oh, there might be aliens and I want to catch them, and more of, like, these are specific people that I know and don't want to be interrogated and tortured and whatever else the, you know, government or whatever entity might do to them. I wonder how he would respond to that, because I think he does have empathy and he is a decent guy and he does have a moral code, although he uh, is a very corrupt law enforcement officer. And I don't like the way that he uh, I don't even want to say does his job because pulling over teenagers because they're teenagers and arresting girls because you think they're cute is not okay. Yeah. And I think like ultimately, like you're right, he's not really thinking about like what will happen if he does expose people to be aliens um i think ultimately his intention just has to do with his dad that like he wants to be able to find proof that clears his dad's name you know mm-hmm. and i think that's like ultimately what it has to do with i think it's a family pride thing yes i feel like we haven't even seen enough of alex yet to yeah. really like talk about his growth so um I hope we see 
more growth from Alex in the rest of the season as we get to know him better. Well, we did see him coming around to like opening up his worldview to accepting that there are aliens in it. So mm-hmm. I think he's been like he's been pretty great overall. Like he yes. he was yeah. tough with Liz. He wanted to know the truth. She told him the truth. He had a hard time accepting it, but he came around. Uh, we saw that he's very respectful towards Isabel. He has this little crush that may or may not develop further. But I think he's a pretty strong character, and I would like to see more of him. Yeah, same. I want to see more of him. We have whole episodes where we don't see him at all, like this, the, our most recent episode, The Toy House. Mm-hmm. It's not in it at all. Despite being a regular cast member and being in the opening credits, we have whole episodes where we see nothing from him. I want to see more from him. Yeah. Yeah, I love Alex. And as we've seen, all of the adults of Roswell have no character development. They're all just bad at their jobs. So since it's also January, we thought it would be fun this week to write some New Year's resolutions for our favorite characters, for what uh, we imagine they would want with the year going forward. Oh, is it what we would imagine they would want? Because I just wrote what I want for them. I don't really care what they want because they don't know themselves very well. I think that's fine. I wrote them like as if it were the characters choosing, but with the knowledge that I chose for them. Yes, same. You know, (laughs) but I tried to choose for what they would want. Well, let's start right off with our uh, our controlling self-proclaimed leader, Max. (laughs) I wrote that he would probably make his, oh, and I called these the New Year's Roswellutions. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, I think that his Roswellution would be to stop saving people's lives with powers. Oh. Or to stop being in situations where lives are at risk and he must use his powers. Also, not to fall in love with a human. My New Year's resolution for Max is to be less dickish. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't think this is a resolution he would choose for himself, but it is one that I and the universe am sending his way. Here, here. And my New Year's resolution for Max is he has made the resolution to do more research at the UFO Center and try to find out more about his history or potential history and more about the government agencies that could be trying to work against him and his loved ones. Oh, that's good. That's like a real one. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Some are better than others. (laughs) I was like, what would I want to see happen? And what would he maybe actually choose for himself? I tried to find Mm -hmm. the cross point in those two things. So, um, And then for his will they, won't they, are they, aren't they, love of his life, (sighs) star-crossed Lady Liz, what do we see for her? What I would hope for Liz is that she continues to grow as a person, that she is able to show more empathy for those around her, even if they are in situations that she doesn't entirely understand, and also that she continues to assert herself with Max so that she doesn't enter into any unhealthy relationship dynamics. Hmm. And also, I think maybe... This is more of a resolution for the writers of the show, but maybe she should get down to actually doing some of that science that we're told she is so interested in and good at, but which she very rarely engages in. That is a good point. <laughs> I I had trouble with Liz's, and I wrote uh, that Liz would like to spend more time with family because hmm. 
her parents are never around. Oh, Well, they're very busy stargazing. They just employ their child to manage their business for them. Right. My New Year's resolution for Liz is uh, actually sort of a a cross point of both of those. Um, Liz has decided that she would like to spend more energy on school so that she can get into a good college. And she wants to sign it for more extracurricular activities to look good on her resume and for less shifts at the crash down. Here, here. Yeah, too much. Too much work. Too much work, not enough schoolwork so she can get into a good college. Yeah, initially, the only one I could come up with for Liz was get good grades. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I think that's her resolution every year. Yes, probably. So moving on to our spiky haired uh, glory, Michael, what do we see for him in the new year? I wrote two things. I said to go through less hair gel. <laughs> um, just to not like have to go through so much you know he's like buying a new thing every week um, very wasteful and to um, find a therapist that he uh-huh. can you know talk to and get support from yeah I think that his resolution would be to need people less but my resolution for him would be to just come to terms with the idea that it's okay to need people or even to want people in your life because mm. he has people who care about him and who would be in his corner and he has been pushing them away. And I would like to see him embrace those people more and become more comfortable with them and also with himself because I don't think that Michael has done a lot to really figure out who he is as a person, he defines himself a lot, it seems, in opposition to other things. So he's not a human and he's not a person who wants to be around other people. He's a loner, but I don't think that he's really done a lot of work on himself, which, I mean, he's a, he's a 16-year-old boy, so that's understandable. But yeah. I think it's time for him to really sit down and figure out what kind of person he wants to be as he is growing up. My New Year's resolution from Michael's perspective is I think he would want to get a job and start saving up his money so that he can get out of town. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, this is interesting. So I think Michael definitely wants to get out of his foster situation. Do you think, Lorena, that he wants to just leave Roswell? Do you think he would leave Max and Isabel behind? I thought about that, and I don't think he would, but I think that he wants to have that freedom that he could escape if he needed to. So that, I think, would be his mindset between wanting to save up money to be ready to get out of town, whether or not he would actually do it. I think that would be his mindset behind it. That makes sense. All right. Next, we have Miss Maria. I wrote for Maria that she would like to get more attention from boys that are human. (laughs) (laughs) My personal resolution for Maria will come as a shock to nobody. It is to confront her feelings for Isabel. (laughs) And by confront, I mean (laughs) show up at her house with a bouquet of flowers and some chocolates and see where the evening takes them. It's going to take them to sexy town, you guys. It's that's where they're going. (laughs) But also, I, I think Maria has done a really great job of asserting herself throughout. And I hope that she continues to do so and doesn't get sucked into Michael's emotional whirlwind because 
Uh, I like to see her being this strong, independent woman. And it seems like there's a danger with Michael of her losing a little bit of herself in that relationship. So I hope that she stays strong, ditches Michael, and just goes and uh, brings my Maribel ship into port. Yeah, because Michael, while he sees himself as a loner and needing nobody, he actually is, is very needy. And for mm-hmm. a partner to be with him, they would really have to be giving a lot of themselves and putting a lot of uh, emotional labor into it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't seem to acknowledge that. So it would yeah. be a very thankless role for that person. For sure. Um, I struggled a little bit with my resolution from Maria's perspective. I like all the things that y'all had to say. Um, what I wrote down feels uh, not very exciting, but... I think Maria would want to start a start her own business mixing essential oils and sharing <laughs> the power of uh, scent and crystals and the other things that are important with her with the world. I was hoping someone would say that. Maybe she could sell in her mom's store. Mm-hmm. Maria would do great in the age of Etsy. Um, and then we have... The other half of uh, the USS Maribel, Isabel, what do we want to see for her in the new year, in the year 2000? Oh, yeah, the year 2000. In the year 2000. Um, I mean, as long as the Y2K bug doesn't just shut everything down. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be the end of the world. Yeah, we'll have to wait and find out. In which case, you should snuggle up with someone important to you and you know just ride it out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so of course my resolution for isabel is the flip side of my resolution for maria but i also want her to stand up to max in a more meaningful way than we've seen she has asserted herself in the past but she hasn't really followed through on um going against max And I think it's important for her to do that, especially in the episode we just talked about, The Toy House, where she's letting the relationship with Max subsume the relationship with her mother in ways that, I mean, I just don't see how that's ever going to work in the long term as she becomes an adult and things change. Poor Isabel, I worry about her. I think she's a very strong woman. She has a lot of potential and she needs to not get bogged down by an overbearing, controlling man. Yeah, it seems like she is very sure of herself and I think, like, would stand up to other people. But there's, like, you know, a certain thing when it comes to her brother that she doesn't want to go against him. You know, she'll, like, say that she wants to, but she won't actually do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, follow through. Yeah, we're going to follow through. That's uh, that's along the same lines as my resolution for her. I think that she wants to find a way to tell the truth to her mom and dad and that she wants to work towards that. Um, whatever Max and Michael's decision is on that, she wants to she wants to move forward with it on her own. Yeah. Yeah. My resolution for her was um, to be honest with her mom, to be able to tell her mom the truth. So these are all along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have any other bonus resolutions they want to throw in there? I do. Um, For the sheriff, um, you know, I think one thing that he could work on in the next year would be some stable housing for him and his son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like to have one place that they can call home and stay there. 
listeners, you can't see the very serious expression on Elisa's face when she said that, but it was perfect. Oh, amazing. I wholeheartedly co-sign that resolution. <laughs> Which, uh. thank you. Good. Because, like, I wouldn't really have noticed that their house changed so much if it weren't for you, Lisa. I will have to Same. post screenshots. I was trying to figure yeah, out please. how to do video editing so I could show y'all clips from different things. Turns mm. out that's, like, hard. So I can do video editing. That's our New Year's resolution. We'll put together yeah. a nice little video about the many houses of the Valentes. Wonderful. Um, I have a bonus New Year's resolution for Alex. Yeah. He wants to start a band this year. Oh, that's good. That is good. My resolution for Alex is to keep being adorable. He's doing Aww. great. I'm here for it. I also, I had a resolution for Topolsky, which is to come back to Roswell and catch those meddling kids. <laughs> I really hope we see Julie Benz again. Yeah, I love Julie Benz. I had one for Alex also. Um, well, two. One from his perspective and one from mine. I think that he should keep a more open mind about the whole alien thing. Uh, like, trust his friends. Well, if they could be better friends to him. Um, and then one <laughs> that I think he would say would be to get Isabel Evans to fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Aww. I have a resolution for the people who made this show, which is to start watching the show that they are making so that <laughs> they can maintain any semblance of consistency from episode to episode. Sadly, I think you're about 20 years too late to give them that resolution and have it actually make a difference. All right, let's hop in our TARDIS and see what we can do about this. <laughs> cool. Let's go. It's bigger on the inside. Yeah, we can all fit. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Pass the Hot Sauce, where we discussed all of our characters' New Year's Roswellutions. Next Tuesday, we'll be discussing Roswell Season 1, Episode 12, Into the Woods. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And for our next mini-sode in two weeks, we will also be discussing Into the Woods, but the musical and the film adaptation. We are also going to try our hand at writing a song from the point of view of the aliens to the tune of some music from Into the Woods. So please stay tuned for that, folks. And wish us luck. You can find more information along with our show notes at roswellhotsauce.com and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at roswellhotsauce where we've been doing some really fun sticker giveaways thanks to our producer, Ashley. And as always, you can contact us at our email, which is roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. So until next time, a happy new year to you, and we hope you're doing well with your Roswell Lucians, if you have any. <laughs>